0: Welcome to the Freelance Ads Club podcast with me, your host, Aggie Moroni. Whether you're a seasoned freelance ads manager or just thinking about taking the leap into self-employment, this podcast is for you. Every week, I'll be releasing a bite-sized episode. I'll be sharing mistakes I've made and lessons I've learned from my own freelance business. I'll be showcasing some of the amazingly talented freelancers in the Freelance Ads Club. And I also will be speaking to some incredible guests who will generously be sharing their knowledge with us to help us keep updated with industry trends. And I really hope that after listening to this podcast, you'll come away full of confidence on how to win great clients, how to charge correctly, and most importantly, retain those dream clients so that you build a successful and sustainable business. Hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Aggie. Thanks for having me. It's my first podcast. So Yay! Um... <laughs> <laughs> and you're my first guest. I've never am, had, I've you? never interviewed someone on a podcast before. So for anyone listening, be forgiving. <laughs> yeah. For both of us, I couldn't say. So today our episode is going to be all about as a freelance ads manager, what you need to consider if you're ever approached by an alcohol brand or maybe an agency. Approaches you and they've got an alcohol brand, kind of. And this is a question that I've seen pop up in various memberships, groups, chats, WhatsApps, all these things that I'm involved in. And it's always a bit like, um, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So I was like, right, who do I know that has managed ads for alcohol brands? And that's how I got in touch with Lucy and invited her to join us for a chat today. So I'm not going to go on and on and on. Lucy. Can you just tell us a bit about yourself and like how you became freelance ads manager? Just give me a bit of background. Sure. Okay.
1: So I'm Lucy and I run 76 Media and I'm a freelance ads manager. I started out four and a half years ago or so and I set up as a social media manager when I was on maternity leave with my youngest son. And i just kind of I'd, I was working for a comms and marketing teams for charities and I'd done mm-hmm. that for nearly 10 years. And I really needed a change. My options were I'm I'm in Brighton and I could either commute to London, which wasn't really what I wanted to do. I had two kids by this point, or I could just take the plunge and go out on my own, which is what I did. I did a social media management course with a company called Digital Mums to mm-hmm. kind of give me the push that I needed. And then I got made redundant as well. So that was the extra kind of off you go get <laughs> on your own now and that was fine actually that was just what I needed it didn't feel like that at the time obviously but but looking back on it it was exactly what I needed to do so I did that I was a social media manager for a couple of years really solidly I did some white labeling for agencies and I had my own clients and that was great um but I needed to do a bit more I needed a bit more of a challenge and I started to get really interested in Facebook ads so I did some training in Facebook ads as well. And I've been doing that and a mix of social media training ever since, really. So yeah, that's how I that's how I got into it.
0: <laughs> I always ask how people become ads managers because it's it is still a newish career. And people come from such varied backgrounds into it, which I think is one thing that makes it really interesting because so many people have squiggly roots to get there and they bring all their experience with them. So everyone's got something different to offer, which is what I love as well about yeah, yeah. We lots of different ads managers. Yeah, I like that too. I think I like the fact that
1: my background is comms and marketing, so that when I'm working with clients, actually... It's not just ads management. I don't think anyone offers just ads management anyway mm. because of exactly the way that you've just described. But I do like the fact that I can actually help people create lead magnets. I can talk to them about their email campaigns and just their general mar- their marketing strategy in general. Mm-hmm. And actually, that overview is something I love. So,
0: And as we know, it's never just ads. So, yeah, you know, exactly. whatever you're doing outside of ads, impact your ads. So if you can help them with their strategy, that's obviously... A bonus for them. <laughs> yes,
1: totally, totally.
0: So you've worked with alcohol brands in the past. Now, as I mentioned before, there are lots of questions that I come across from ads managers. So, My first question would be, how did you first kind of come across working with an alcohol brand? It was
1: through an agency who approached me last about a year ago actually and most of their clients are are alcohol clients um so that's okay. how and then I ended up working for them which was which was great it was really you know it was a real I was working with big brands which was the first time I had worked big brands so I learned a lot um it was yeah it was really good experience
0: did you get any freebies <laughs> <laughs> got some free non-alcoholic beer <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> where's the fun in that
1: I did get I did get a couple of uh like really nice trips up to London because their brands work really closely with um like michelin starred chefs and nice. kind of high-end chefs so we did get a couple of really nice trips to um it was a Spanish beer brand to tapas restaurants to launch a couple of campaigns so yeah it
0: was definitely a nice nice there. and I'd just like to put a disclaimer that I'm not disparaging alcohol free drinks or anyone that chooses to drink them it's just my personal preference to have the alcohol ones <laughs> <laughs> so if you think back to that time when you when you got the opportunity to work this big um beer brand is there anything that you can think of now that you look back and you think I wish I'd known that or you know these are the things that I now know that I need to bear in mind next time I take on a client that, that's an alcohol brand
1: yeah. So I think the thing with alcohol brands is the ha- is how heavily it's actually restricted and how creative you need to be about with your advertising. Because there's really practical things like, you know, you need to have this, you need to have the drink responsibly message on all your ads and all your social media posts. You're only advertising to people over 25. You can't feature any if you work with influencers, they must be clearly over 25. Everyone they work with also does. You can't do any family shots or anything like that. And you can't really show people, you can't encourage drinking fundamentally. Mm. You have to be really responsible about it. And so that means that you have to be quite creative. And sometimes you'll find, so we experimented with product shots, product shots, you know, in a beautiful location and that kind of thing. But it's quite limited in what you can do so I think you just need to I would suggest that actually you probably need to look really carefully at what competitors are doing even if they're bigger brands than the brand you're working with it's still like any ad really or any kind of social media it's still good for inspiration but definitely have a look at what they're doing and start to really research um, the competitor uh, sorry not competitors the restrictions there's a group called the Portman Group, and they're a social responsibility body and regulator for alcohol labelling, packaging and promotion in the UK. Mm-hmm. And the codes that they publish are really useful. It's all free to use. Um, and we can pop the link in the show notes if anyone interested. But mm-hmm. that's really helpful. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it is about the regulation.
0: So I've personally never worked for an alcohol brand. So everything you're saying to me is completely new. My my impression was that everything has to be um, targeted for over 18s. So the fact that you need to clearly market to people over 25, that yes. is personally a surprise to me. So in terms of why it's above, is over
1: 25, it's not over 18s. Yeah. you go into a pub these days or try mm. and buy alcohol. The restrictions are, are having the age limits increased. The legal age limit is still 18, but they're asking people to think over 21 and even over 25. So I think over 25 is just the more responsible stance, so that's why it's changed.
0: Okay. It's definitely
1: something to be really mindful of.
0: I have to say it's getting very depressing personally that no one checks my ID anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when someone last checked mine, but... <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I think it's also really interesting what you said about the creatives that you need to really think about for example I had no idea that you had to not have children in the mm-hmm. imagery so that's something that is probably new to others as well that are listening to this that is there any other kind of scenario that you can think of that you just can't have in your ads but any wording in your copy or things like that it's it's just really about not actively
1: promoting drinking. Mm. It's not even just excessive drinking. It's just kind of drinking needs to be if you're... Obviously, I looked at what a lot of the beer brands competitors were doing mm. and they would be showing people just enjoying a beer, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, the non-alcoholic mm. ind- beer industry and is huge now, but it's just showing them having fun, enjoying themselves in a a social situation, and there's beer. It's not the focus of the ad, really. That's Mm. much more lifestyle focused. So it's about definitely thinking about that. And that, I guess, comes back to your understanding of the brand and the target audience and all of those basics that you would be covering as an ad manager anyway.
0: Sure. So did you find that there was a high risk of ads being rejected as well? And is that something you had to factor into your timeframes?
1: Interestingly, we didn't get any ads mm. rejected. And Which I was is really just so guessing. good. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> because other clients that I had with the agency that weren't alcohol, we did have a couple we did have some rejected for, you know, not actual not genuine reasons, um, just a confusion with the AI. But yeah, no, we never did. So
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I work with a brand that has nothing to do with alcohol, but Mm. in one of their shots, they had a gin bottle in one of the photos as sort of a lifestyle shot for the ad, and it was rejected because there was alcohol in the picture.
1: So, yeah,
0: it's really interesting. I think... As we all know, if we've worked with Facebook for a while, that sometimes there's just no rhyme or reason to things getting mm-hmm. rejected. And sometimes even just changing the name of the ad can get it through, even if you've changed nothing else. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's something to bear in mind, though, isn't it? Sometimes mm-hmm. that you'll have a higher risk of having rejections. Yeah. Um, now, this isn't a question I put to you before so I'm sorry to put you on the spot but it's just something I heard about as well with alcohol okay. brands right, we'll do best then. <laughs> um, sometimes I've heard that the landing pages on the website can actually cause issues for alcohol brands as well so sometimes they have to have the, or they have to have I think the age limit you have to say that you're over 18 to enter their website is that something that you had to sort of consider as well
1: Yes, they all have to have that. And mm. if you look at any, I looked at a couple of gym brands actually while I was doing a bit of prep for this um, interview, um, and it was I looked at Hendrix, and they all have an um, an age restriction. All al- almost, if you look at all alcohol brands, whenever you do, they will all have that. It must there must be a legal restriction um, for them to do it. So I think people are used to that.
0: Mm-hmm. When you
1: come to click onto an alcohol, when you're going into an alcohol website, a lot of the ads that we were running. They were traffic ads, but they were going to major online retailers. They weren't necessarily going to the brand's own site. But I have noticed other alcohol brands um, send, send an ad that has a cocktail recipe or something like that and adds that value and that the hooks there and it takes them through to their the alcohol brand's website. And from there, you can buy their alcohol from their retailer. So I think people are used to that kind of uh, that happening when they visit alcohol um, sellers' websites.
0: I think as freelance ads managers, sometimes we work with brands that are really new. So they're not always up to speed on what they need to be doing. And sometimes by accident, I guess, ads managers end up being advisors for all kinds of business things that brands need to have. So I think it's useful to know that that's a website requirement that alcohol brands need if they want to advertise because it might be that they're so new and they're a, a fresh startup that they might not have had that built in yet to their website.
1: I think it's not even just if they want to advertise. I think if they want to set up a website which is promoting the sales okay. of alcohol, I think they need that um, that kind of a gate or mm-hmm. is a better word. I can't think of it. But that, you know, you need to input your age and prove that you are over 18. So
0: mm-hmm. I think as well, something that's quite different for alcohol brands, and this is a a conversation I've had with some alcohol brands, is the way they advertise is different. So it's not a traditional e-commerce ad where you'd have a conversion objective. Usually it's more brand awareness, is that right? And driving traffic to where where their products are distributed.
1: Yeah, that was 100%. That was everything that we were doing. The brand that I was working with, is a big brand in Spain, but they're relatively new to the UK. Mm-hmm. So they definitely needed to raise their brand awareness. They needed to raise it with their on-trade. Mm-hmm. They had a pub co, a big pub co that they worked with, but they needed to increase their sales within the pub co and encourage mm-hmm. more people to buy their beer, to stock it. So brand awareness was huge for them. Um And they had to be, they were quite creative with it. They were, you know, it's not. although they were new to the UK, they're not a new beer brand. They've been, at, you know, it, mm-hmm. Very successful beer brand for years in other countries, but they'd use things like they did some work with influencers. They sponsored MotoGP riders mm. and Formula One drivers. So we, you know, were able to use influencers with MotoGP events, and they were that kind of ad was hugely successful. Obviously, that's their the zero zero beer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and they paired beer. They had, they had quite a few different types of beer within their range, and they'd use food and gastronomy. That was a big content pillar for them um, and so they worked with michelin Star chefs and paired beer with their recipes and they have ran food events and food campaigns for that and that kind of thing and that's how they promoted their beer they really kind of honed into the i don't know what their consumers were interested in and used the beer as kind of an extra part of it and used and really helped integrate it into their lives i guess so.
0: Okay. Yeah, so it's interesting there how the paid ads were just one pillar of their marketing strategy, mm. which is quite refreshing
1: <laughs> to hear. <laughs> it was very different. It was, it is, an yeah. other, we did do traffic ads mm. because they sold in big mainstream um, yeah. supermarkets, but that was the only way that we could, they like, didn't sell from their websites. And that was the way that we helped to kind of drive sales. So we try and coordinate our ad campaigns with the campaigns that they had running in their supermarkets, whether that was
0: interesting. The,
1: yeah, the stuff that, you know, the branding outside or whether it was uh, things on the end of the aisles. However, it worked. We would coordinate with them to just help them maximize their marketing, basically. So it is quite a different approach. It's not an e-com approach at all. So it's quite a different approach to Facebook ads. It's not a e- traditional e-com approach at all. And I did find that a bit weird to start with, but I think that's how most alcohol brands work because they can't sell directly. So. Mm.
0: so how do they measure the performance of your campaigns?
1: So you just it was more kind of standard reporting. We'd talk about costs. We'd talk about the number of people that we'd reach, the length mm-hmm. of video views, and we'd evaluate it like that basically. But one of the things that I found quite frustrating was that I couldn't get any sales data. So Mm. I could, I mean, I could get, I could tell how many landing page views we'd had or link clicks, but couldn't actually tell what converted into sales. So that I found quite frustrating.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. But at the same time, you don't have that pressure of someone Um, saying to you, why why don't I have more sales this week or this today? um, You know, you know, that that is part of (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it's really interesting. It's such a diverse niche as well, isn't it?
1: It is. It is, actually. It's quite nice because I've finished working with them now. I finished at the beginning of September. Um, so it's quite nice to go back and talk about it, actually. I'd definitely be interested in working <laughs> with some more alcohol brands now I've come to <laughs> come
0: to kind of revisit it all. So Yeah, definitely. So if um, what would your top tips be, for example? So if someone won, won their first client, are there like steps that you would say to them like a checklist of like top things to check first before kind of running the ads going live yeah so
1: i would definitely check the legal restrictions and Mm -hmm. but first of all actually i'll probably talk to the client and find out what their take on it was because i would say don't assume that they are up to date on what the restrictions are because you're, remember, you're the expert in Facebook ads. Your client isn't. Mm-hmm. That's that's certainly my experience. They they need you to advise them. So, you know, make sure that your age limits are set to over twenty five. Be very careful about the imagery that you use. Definitely go and check out uh, the Portman Group mm-hmm. for their regulations. Um, yeah, yeah, and look at what al- other alcohol brands are doing. I mean, you'd be doing that for any kind of any kind of industry, really, but even more so for alcohol, particularly the kind of alcohol that you're selling. I think that's important.
0: And would you say, I know this is a really annoying question, because whenever anyone's asked this as an ad manager, it's like there is no answer to this. But if a startup, for example, because obviously when you're talking a big brand, they probably have limitless budget or it's quite a generous budget to run mm. brand awareness campaigns. But if you're starting working with a startup, I mean, the gin industry is just insane in the UK. So if a startup distillery approached you and said, I want you to run traffic campaigns, you just want to contract with a supermarket, we want to drive traffic there. What would you advise them to be sort of the minimum budget that they should budget to do
1: that campaign oh that is very tricky oh is. not
0: it it is I'm thinking back to what we what we were spending mm. and
1: it wasn't as huge as you would expect I don't think um so if you had I think you could probably run a brand awareness campaign if you were clever with it a thousand to two thousand a month mm-hmm. I think
0: and then not to mix all the objective terminology. When we say brand awareness, it's more traffic campaigns, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Sorry, yes, yeah, yeah. No, that's my fault. I started using, it. but it is, I mean, it is the purpose of it is to raise brand awareness, yeah. but the objective yeah. would be traffic to get people to go to the third-party websites, so it's Tesco's Sainsbury's, Waitrose, whoever yeah. they're, yeah. whoever's selling them.
1: Exactly.
0: So this has been so useful just for me personally. Um, oh, yeah. If I ever work with an alcohol brand, I feel like I'll be more prepared. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess just one final question I had is more kind of on the freelancing, um, white labelling for an agency. So is there anything that you learned from that or how to work with an agency doing mm. running those campaigns?
1: Yeah. 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 So I probably wouldn't do four days a week for an agency again, because it didn't give me the flexibility that I really love about my own business. That's one of the big reasons I set up my own business, like lots of people, I think. But what I did absolutely love about it was being part of a team because I do miss that. Um, so that's fantastic about white labeling for an agency. Um, yeah, just be, just be clear about what what hours you're going to work for them and what you're what they're actually expecting you to do I think is really my advice but I quite enjoy it and it's nice to um work with people again so
0: yeah swings and roundabouts to every uh working situation I think yeah, there is freelance so with it that we can pick and choose what we yeah. do so that's 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 what i love about freelancing definitely well today has been amazing thank you so much lucy um tell everyone how they can reach you so maybe a freelancer who has just won an alcohol client and they need some support or if an if an agency or brand are listening to this and like i need lucy to help me tell us where can they find you
1: Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. If anyone has just one a client and wants a quick chat. Yeah. I'd love to help. i you know, I'd really like to be able to just help people get started. So you can find me on LinkedIn, search for Lucy Brandrum. or if you want to find out if you're an agency or a brand and you want to find out a bit more about the services that I offer. If you go to 76media.co.uk, you can, and you can book a discovery call from there or equally just come and chat to me on LinkedIn.
0: Brilliant. And I will add all of Lucy's links to the show notes so you can easily get in touch with her. So once again, Lucy, thank you so much for your time. A bit of behind the scenes gossip. It has been a bit of a journey getting all this recorded because my wi-fi's kept dropping throughout so I really hope the edit that you hear of this isn't too jumpy but Lucy's been an absolute champ getting this recorded and has been super patient so I'm so grateful to you Lucy and we can both say now you've been a podcast guest and I've interviewed someone on a podcast
1: we <laughs> have oh, done it well then thank it's you. been a pleasure thanks so much for having me thank you I'll speak to you soon all right take care bye bye